0: Welcome to the Discover Church Podcast. We are a Christian faith community based out of Denver, Colorado. Join us this week as we bring our uncertainties to an unchanging God. If you have any questions about this sermon, please feel free to send them in. You can email them to us at hello at discoverdenver.church. Okay, guys, we'll go ahead and continue. You'll, you'll notice, if you can just throw up there the number to text in, we don't want to miss this, uh, but you can actually text during the service. We're gonna do things a little bit differently. Do you guys have that slide with the? There you go. If you have questions about the service, and, and um, we encourage you to actually ask questions, text in the question you have. Now, for time purposes, we're gonna email you an answer. We're not just we're not gonna take questions at the end of the service, but I want to let you know um, we still want you to wrestle with the faith. And and if you notice, tonight's a little bit different, so. What we realized was this, with a snow day outside, um, this isn't calling you guys like the s- super spiritual people for being, here. I mean, you kind of are, you're like the all-stars, but uh, with a sn- snow day outside, hey, don't, don't put this podcast up, okay? So with the snow day outside, uh, and with the game going on, we, and mostly the snow, what we realized was it, to continue in the series, cr- uh, Cracking the Code, we're talking about 720, meaning something more than just our area code ushering in god's kingdom in our church for the next 10 years to to continue that what what like if we did it tonight for the number two then we would have to then like do it again next week for the number two because some people would miss that and with the snow we didn't want to cancel church and so it just became this thing of what what would god want to say to us what would god want to say to us as a Family of believers together. And here's what's interesting. Some of you, when, when I say, what would God want to say? You go, he doesn't talk. Like, God doesn't have vocal cords. And it's really strange to talk in those sort of terms. So th- so this is what I'd say to you. I, When I think about, now we'll continue the series. So you're like, what does the two mean? What does the two mean? I'll tell you, just come back next week. If it snows, we'll just keep doing this thing, and then you just keep coming back, you see? So when it, w- we'll continue that. But when we talk about church, To all the people who braved the snowstorm today, to all you, whether you slipped on your way in or whatever happened and it was really hard, when I think about going to church, here's some interesting things I think about. I actually expect to experience God in church. I actually expect to experience like, like the God of the universe in church and it's really, really difficult to imagine that, and and here's why. This is what I want to talk to you about. I have over here at the foot of the cross an ego, okay? Now, it was cold and not like this before, but this is a very cheap ego. This was, this is an ego. Now, I want you to picture this. If this, I don't, when we think of the God of the universe, we don't really think of how big maybe God is. If this was our galaxy, it would actually need a slob of butter in the middle, so it's the milky way would kind of look more like that but if this is our galaxy in the known universe okay our galaxy when we talk about coming together to experience god now i don't know why you brave the snow if it's something to check off in the box i hope you get more out of tonight because i think we actually come to meet with god but when we talk about coming to meet with god thinking and meditating on this today if the waffle okay is our galaxy from one side to the other you have to travel light years to get across so follow me here And and to travel light years, you have to go at 186,000 miles per second, okay? So just calculate that in your brain, 186,000, so if you did that right now, you'd be out the window off the planet, okay? That's enough of a ramp in the back of the church to get you airborne, 186,000 miles per second. And you do that for a year you traveled a light year our galaxy is about a hundred thousand light years like across just about okay so i can't even i mean i think this is a chocolate chip waffle i can't even if i pointed out a chocolate chip, it's not like there's the earth right i can't i can't actually show you because if you're traveling across the galaxy our, our galaxy the milky way when you pass, our, our earth is a few thousand miles wide. When you pass the earth, you won't even see it, okay? If you're traveling that fast. You follow me? Are you calculating this? 186,000 miles per second. So I'm actually getting you to think about, when you say, okay, we're going to come to church tonight. I don't know what you thought you were up to, but when I'm like, we're not canceling church because I think we want to experience God. We're talking about the God that has... 250, now, people say million or billion. Let's just be highly conservative and say million. Like, that's a big difference. Yeah, I know, but you are getting into like some major numbers, okay? 250 million, if not billion, of these things. And that uh, the scripture says the earth is God's footstool and everything in it. So when we come together to meet with God, like, I just think, just think for a second, how big and beautiful of a God this is. And then to the think, how do we interact with God? How does he stir us? Some people will say things like, I wish Jesus was here present with us. Because then I would have like so many questions to ask him, right? Which you probably would, but you don't actually wish Jesus was here. Because you if Jesus was here, you would have to like get a plane, fly to Tel Aviv, Okay. And you get and rent a car, and then you drive to the Sea of Galilee, and you wait in the shores of the Sea of Galilee, and you're just, you find the man surrounded by thousands of people, and you wait in line, and you have your question ready, or you have four friends that take you up into a roof, and they just drop you in, whatever you do, okay? But to get to, if Jesus was here with us on the planet Earth, still, it would be limiting to experience the presence of God. Very limiting. Which is why Jesus said these words It is good says to his disciples, it is good that I go so that the Holy Spirit can come and be with you. So when I was thinking about what should we as a church talk about tonight, what kept coming to my heart was this idea of the most forgotten person in the church, and that would be the Holy Spirit, person with a capital P most forgotten person in the church, and that's the Holy Spirit. Now, let me just pause real quick. When I say Holy Spirit, some of you are like, this is going to get super weird. Okay? We're not talking. No, we're talking about the third person of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. To take the Holy Spirit out of the God that Christians worship is to take God out of God. God, like, this is God. So, when we talk about the person of the Holy Spirit, we're not doing this to freak you out. So, let's talk about the two ways that this becomes are probably the two experiences you've had one is the abuse of the holy spirit that the holy spirit is just people just pursue the manifestations of the holy spirit and you've seen some weird stuff okay it's kind of like a person with a million dollars in their pocket and everyone's after the money but no one wants to know the person and you go i grew up in a church like that i know what that feels like and i'm i don't want to talk about the holy spirit what i would just let you know is when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we're talking about the presence of God, the personal presence of God with us. And to not have the Holy Spirit is to not have God. And the other side would be people that you don't know. You're like, I don't know. I thought the Holy Spirit was a dove. (laughs) You know, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you because that is silly to us too. If you said, I thought the Holy, because the scripture says the Holy Spirit came on Jesus like a dove. That's like a dove. Okay. It also talks about the Holy Spirit coming like a fire. You're like, so is it a dove on fire? No, it's not. The, um, it's kind of like in high school, if I'm talking about a football player and I'm like, man, Jimmy is built like an ox. I'm not saying Jimmy's an ox. I'm just saying he's like super strong like an ox. You follow me? So the Holy Spirit, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we're talking about a person, a person, a person of the Trinitarian God that Christians believe in in fact the very person of the trinity that jesus said it is better that i go so that you may experience the holy spirit the person the person of the holy spirit the person not a it's not a force in fact if you think i thought the holy spirit was the force of god upon me no it's the person of god with you so we're going to talk about that and, and then guess what we're going to leave room for us to say have i welcomed the holy spirit into my life have i had fellowship with the holy spirit at all so i just want to caution you if you go it's it's like i've seen snake handling stuff i hate snakes and i want to handle them even if jesus told me to okay and if you go i don't know what it is other than this dove that i've heard about before i think i think for all of us together to be able to say we came here to experience god we came here to do this we came here to actually come in fellowship with god well that doesn't happen without the holy spirit and the holy spirit is the most forgotten person in the church today Is that, you follow me? So in 2 Corinthians, uh, Paul writes this letter. I'm just going to focus on one verse, so I'm going to read it to you. So it's going to be like story time. Paul writes this letter to Corinthians. Now, we talked about Philippians last week. Philippians is the only letter that Paul doesn't rebuke or correct people in, okay? Philippians is the happy letter, it's the joyful letter. You want to read that when you're down. Corinthians is like, it's like church gone wild, okay? Corinthians is like, like, Paul's mad, and some of the things he said, you're like, Paul's furious, and all like all that. Paul, he's bringing correction, and he does it again. He's got a second Corinthians. Okay, so he's Paul. He's bringing a lot of correction to the church, but this is how he ends this letter. He says, uh, "Greet one another." This is in chapter thirteen, verse twelve. Greet one another with a holy kiss. And if you're single, you're like, I'll, I'll take that verse to mind. Okay, uh, greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. Now, this is what I want to get at. Verse 13. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. The communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. The communion of the Holy Spirit. Which is interesting that Paul would bring that term up. The word communion uh, doesn't mean like grape juice and bread, okay? He's not saying that there. The word communion is koinonia. That's what he uses. And what's really fascinating about that word is he's giving many definitions to the audience. He's giving like a lot of definitions. So you cannot have communion with an impersonal force because communion requires personal, like personal interaction. You follow me? And so what he's saying is this, and, and this is kind of traditionally what people would interpret that verse as, that, that word as. There's three areas of communion, fellowship, partnership, and intimacy. And to think of the Holy Spirit in this way, to think that the God of the universe, think in this way, okay? Not that the God of the universe is distant and wound the world up and it's just tick, 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 tick. And, and sometimes you experience like intimacy and sometimes you don't. And maybe God's happy with you. Maybe he's met. And it's like this weird Force, and it's very much based on emotion, is how a lot of people experience the quote-unquote Holy Spirit. But we're talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. Personal God with us. The one that Jesus said, I must go, and it's so much better. Because now, in all continents, at all times, God is with you. Okay? So, let's talk about this. The fellowship. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit being with us in person. The fellowship it's really interesting fellowship just takes time together so i just want you to think for a moment how weird it is if you want intimacy but no time together and that manifests itself in a lot of strange ways and it also does that when people are talking about the holy spirit the fellowship is time together spending time together it's actually being able to recognize your voice my voice it's it's fellowship okay now when you go well wants and needs and desires that's deeper but we're talking about fellowship so fellowship it's it's like when in acts when philip is being told to go do something he's told to go somewhere to clear up the scriptures for someone and philip is told it says in acts 8:26 that an angel told philip so an angel's doing the telling an angel told philip to go not that an angel appeared it actually doesn't, an angel told philip and then it said in acts Uh, 828. It says, then the spirit said to Philip. So it's almost, it's like all throughout scripture, there's this differentiation between, okay, there's the angel, there's the people of God, and then there's the spirit of God. There's the Holy Spirit talking, having fellowship with me. And one of the most elementary questions I would ask people that say, I don't know how to experience the Holy Spirit, is just to say, do you ever make time? Do you ever make time to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit? Do you ever make time, as if you're making time for a person? See, uh, when I call Lisa's phone, my girls don't have phones, okay? They're five and almost three. I don't know what they do with phones, but when I call Lisa's phone, they'll answer the phone. And when they, well, when they, Brennan doesn't answer the phone. She just hangs up because she's playing games. So if I call and I go straight to voicemail, I know Brennan's, and then sometimes she'll answer and then she'll hang up. like <laughs> she okay. So I know, I know, because I know, Brennan, I know that's, that's her responding to daddy. okay. That's how she's responding to daddy. I don't know if things will change when she's a teenager, but that's definitely how things are now. But then Piper, I can tell Piper's voice from Lisa's voice, easy. I have fellowship with them. I can tell their voices apart. And the most basic question is this, and it's not ethereal, and it's not somewhere up there. The most basic question is, do you have fellowship with God? Do you have fellowship with God? Do you make time to sit and talk with God? And you open up your heart to the possibility he would talk back, and we'll talk about, about what that means here in a second. Then the next one is this, partnership. This is going deeper, okay, partnership. So uh, this is there's a progression here. You cannot have partnership without fellowship. You don't just jump into a partnership with someone, whether it be your business or anything, without actually knowing the person. Partnership. Partnership. Now, I don't know how else to explain this other than it's like, It's like you're walking in flow with, and you go, that like doesn't make sense at all. So let me explain that to you for a second. In Acts chapter 15, and by the way, Acts gives us a great arching overview of the personal work of the Holy Spirit in the church. And and in Acts chapter 15, uh, it it says about the apostles are making a decision, and it says it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us, as if they're in partnership. We know we're actually co-heirs, or we're co-laborers with Christ, not for Christ only, but with Christ, we're in partnership with. Partnership It goes much deeper than just fellowship. It's actually being able to move and operate alongside. It's like this: if I'm, if I'm with, uh, if I'm picking up dinner for Lisa and she's not answering her phone because Brennan's on the phone and she keeps hitting clothes, right? Like whatever, dad, dad doesn't matter. I'm playing a game. She keeps hitting that red button, and, and I have to get. I kind of know what Lisa wants. I know a general gist of what she wants, because we're like in partnership together, right? And when it comes to operating together and working together, she knows the gifts that I have and the gifts that I don't have. So she can kind of pull those out of me and set me up for success. I can do the same thing for her. It's partnership. And the Holy Spirit operates in this way. To commune with the Holy Spirit is not just to have fellowship and talk, is not just to interact with God, but it's actually to co- labor with God that we see thing we sing things like that we would be able to help the poor and the needy well you cannot do that without the leading this word means to have the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit that is partnership language does that make sense that's partnership language so when Paul says have the communion of the Holy Spirit is partnership language he's saying so that you would have partnership with God and uh and the next one is intimacy, 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 and this all comes out of koinonia, that phrase koinonia, and it's all throughout scriptures, by the way. Oh, and let me let me say this about partnership. You'll find some really strange things in the Bible. There's a time when Moses is talking to God, and it he changes his mind two times. Like Moses' interaction with God changes his mind two times, and you go, it's kind of like they're like in a partnership together right like they're talking it's like abraham talking to god and saying hey what if you find this many righteous and what if you find this many righteous and what if you find like the only way you can do that is if you are co-laboring with god for the good of humanity and ushering in his kingdom partnership but notice you can't have partnership without fellowship and fellowship is where we start to interact with god on a personal basis and then there's intimacy 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 for a lot of us, in fact, can we, John, is John here? Let's go ahead and, uh, if you guys come up for worship, intimacy for a lot of us, when we think of the word intimacy, we think of like moments or pockets in time, good feeling, good conversation, intimate moments, but what we actually see throughout scripture, I have all my notes over here. Do you need this right? Okay. Uh, he's gonna flow, right? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, intimacy is that we, um, The consistent, follow me, the consistent intimacy of God is really important. We're now getting into thoughts and desires and affections. So when we say things like stir us, stir us, move us, move us, what we're actually saying to the person of the Holy Spirit, who is God, by the way, not one third God, who is God, what we're actually saying is this. We want the the Spirit of God, to interact with our spirit. So you know you're not just flesh and bone, right? Like you have a spirit to you. We want the Spirit of God to interact with our spirit and to change our affections and our desires to do those sort of things. And what you'll find all throughout Scripture is that the person of the Holy Spirit is, is we picture the person of the Holy Spirit biblically as a really close, intimate friend. A really close, intimate friend. And so many of us are spooked by the talk of the Holy Spirit because you go, he's not close and intimate. He's like distant and weird. But that's not, that's not according to Jesus. You think Jesus would say it's good that I go so that, so that like distant and weird can be with you? No, we're talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to think in terms of an intimate friend. An intimate friend. In fact, um, so many of you And myself, uh, before like studying and reading the Gospels about the Holy Spirit, so many of us think that the Holy Spirit's there to convict us of our sin. If you are a believer in Jesus, Scripture actually says the Holy Spirit's there to convict the world of their sin. To be a child of God, the Holy Spirit's there to convict you of your righteousness, is what the Scripture tells us. That the Holy Spirit is constantly reminding you you are a child of god the intimacy you have with the father is not to be lost this is what the holy spirit a person right it takes a person to do that so i would illustrate it like this you guys will go into that next song uh soon i'll illustrate like this these these uh fancy looking snowshoes that i'm wearing right now okay these are actually snowshoes the way that i got these shoes was weird i was wearing regular shoes was my first few months in denver and I was wearing regular shoes, and I didn't have money for snowshoes, so I would put a bag over my, my socks that I'd put the regular shoes on, and I'd put another bag over my regular shoes. I thought somehow that's going to keep the wet snow outside. It doesn't work, by the way, but I thought that somehow it's going to do that. I was with my friend Andy, who's a missions pastor at a church that we attended when we were in Texas, and he's a really good friend. We're up in Evergreen, we're getting firewood, and I walk inside, and I'm undoing my first bag. I take off my nike i'm undoing my second bag and he goes what are you doing i said well this is my snowshoes this is like how i keep the snow out and he goes does it work and i said no it doesn't work but i feel like (laughs) feel like it's like five percent better than what i would and he goes bro why don't you get snowshoes i said i can't afford snowshoes man like i can't we just moved here and i and we're church planners and all stuff and he goes yeah okay you gotta get snowshoes so then about a month later Lisa gets a box in the mail, and it's these shoes. She goes, hey, did you order some shoes? And I said, no, and written on it from Andy is this, my mom always told me to take care of the kids who wrap bags around their feet, and we can't have a church planner without snowshoes in Denver. Merry Christmas, okay, This is December. And uh, I, remember, I remember thinking these thoughts. When I was with Andy up there, it was kind of like embarrassing that I would be like, hey, I got these, like, this is all I got. It's really embarrassing. This this is kind of who I am. And I just remember thinking I'm kind of occupying space with him, and, and maybe he's thinking that I'm an embarrassing person. And then I got that box in the mail, and I realized, no, he doesn't think that. He cares about me, and he's a friend that made our friendship go deeper and it's actually helping me as I walk. Okay, like my we can make it super spiritual. My walk is now helped because of Andy. So all this is to say, uh our, our thoughts about the Holy Spirit are that the Holy Spirit is is looking at us, condemning us, because the Holy if the Holy Spirit's a spirit, he knows all the junk and he knows that we just kind of wrap ourselves in plastic bags. And and that Jesus would say, No, I leave so that the Holy Spirit is like your protection, your comforter. The Holy Spirit's a good friend who cares about you, not embarrassed by you. The personal Holy Spirit's not embarrassed by you at all. He knows that Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, died for you, and he lavishes love upon you. Some of the ways this happens is through reminding us of our righteousness in God. It's one of the main ways. He said, You don't have to wear bags on your feet. You don't have to be cold all the time and shivering. I lavish on you the love of God, and I remind you, I remind you, I remind you that you are deeply loved, and I'm your friend. The other way is he's a comforter. That when we suffer, the Holy Spirit comforts us. And Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit over nine times as the comforter. The great comforter. It's not weird. It's the presence of God comforting us in the person of the Holy Spirit. So I would tell you this: you you can't you can't have the Great Comforter if you're always comfortable. And so many of you have chosen to be uncomfortable, and have situations in your life that are very uncomfortable. And that God would say, "I am a person to be with you in those moments." So what we're going to do is: um, can you stand? Can we stand together? That tonight we hit pause and said, for those who are willing to come, we expect that the God of the universe will be met. We will meet the God of the universe over all the waffles in the universe, and he will remind us and be with us. So we're going to take a moment, John's going to lead us in worship, we're going to take a moment, and we're actually going to ask the Holy Spirit of God to be with us. Some ways that that may show up is that you are deeply encouraged. You go, I've never, I'm experiencing something in my spirit. Like you fell in love with someone, right? How do you explain that deep love that you have with someone? I'm experiencing something in my spirit. Others are, you're just really comforted. You just have this presence that you say, I am, it just feels like the room is full with the comfort of God. For others of you, you're, you may start crying and you say, I'm reminded I'm a child of God. I don't feel the condemnation of having bags around my feet. And, and these are some ways that you may say when you say, the Holy Spirit, be with me now. In faith, um, you believe that Jesus, what he was talking about when he said, it's better I go, so that on the snowy day, 2018, at Discover Church, the Holy Spirit can be with you. So, God, we thank you for your presence. Right now, we're taking a step of faith together to say we don't believe the Holy Spirit's just an impersonal force that gives peace and however else we've talked about him, but Holy Spirit, be with us. Minister to us in the ways that the Word has told us you would be with us, we pray.